Right. Welcome to week five of the NFL. We are Wagers Ragers, always coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner. As always, my compadre, John the Hedgehog Doneth. John, how are we feeling today on week five of the NFL? It's week five already. We are a quarter of the way through the season once we get through this week. That is amazing. I feel like I keep saying that every week that I can't believe how far we are already, but it, but it's true. Um, we're well into fall. We're well into October, even though in New Jersey, it feels a little bit like summer out yesterday and today, but you know, I'm ready to rock and roll week five. Uh, last couple of weeks haven't been up to par, so I'm ready to, to have a, a, a crazy week this week. And uh cash a lot of those bets yeah i mean last week somewhat brutal for me as far as the games that i picked you know going into last week and watching my new york jets just just look terrible in the first three weeks of the season and having taken that and, and having taken them in uh in week three laying that uh you're getting ten and a half points and not even showing up uh you know, I, I bet against them last week. And what happened? I lost. Why? Because the Jets actually won a game in overtime. So a bit of a silver lining because I like to see my team win, but I did not win my bet with the Jets against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, my prop on that, on that game, because we recorded early in the week, was minus four at halftime. That didn't hit. Of course, uh, the line for the game didn't hit because the Jets actually won the game. So happy to see the Jets win. Uh, my second game was the Giants-Saints. And the Giants had looked just terrible this season. And the Saints had just steamrolled the Patriots and steamrolled the Packers earlier in the year. So I thought, first game back at the New Orleans Superdome, this was going to be an easy cakewalk. But what happened? The Giants actually showed up. Did not hit the first half line, did not hit the game line. Giants won the game in overtime. Both New York teams went to overtime. Both teams won. So I didn't hit on either one of those. But what saved the weekend for me is going back, going back to old school, going back to my props from last year, my kicker props. Jet kicker, hit on both. Field goals made. Points scored, Amendola. Giants kicker, Graham Gano, hit on. Field goals made, points scored. Eagles kicker, Elliott, hit on. Field goals made, points scored. Took the uh, kicker in the Rams game, 50-50. Hit on one, didn't hit on the other. But uh, overall, I bet on 12 kicker bets last weekend. I hit on nine, 75%. You can't do much better than that. Nine for 12 on kicker bets last week saved my hide as far as uh, my bets last week. Like Carlos Hyde, exactly. And 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 the one bet that also carried me over is watching that Vegas Rams game. I hedged my bet 
with Vegas getting 18 and a half points, uh, live game betting, took that, hit it, put four dimes on that, boom, made my weekend. So at the end of the day, I was actually up a little bit, uh, but my bets on the Jets and the Giants, they didn't work out. John, how'd you make out last week? Uh, it was another game where I was, I mean, excuse me, another weekend where I was right around breaking even, just shy. And frankly, the thing that buoyed me last week was the, the same as you. It was those kicker props. I started joining again last week on the kicker props and hit like six of them. I mean, it was just, it was like, I think I had hit every single one I followed you on last week until we got to the Raiders uh, Chargers game because Daniel Carlson screwed us basically. Um, so that's what really saved me. Uh, of course, my Eagles were at home against the Chiefs last week. I didn't have any reasonable expectation that the Eagles were going to win that game, but they kept it a lot closer for much of the game than I really thought they would. I was a little bit encouraged by that, but you know, through four weeks of the season, again, if uh, anybody's listening for the first time, I'm a lifelong um, Eagles fan, a green blood flowing through my veins. I should probably get that checked out. It's clear now that this season is really about one thing for the Eagles. It's finding out if Jalen Hurts is the guy. He's going to get a whole season to start, barring injury. And at the end of the year, the Eagles are going to evaluate whether or not he's the starter going forward. If he's not, they'll probably have a high pick in the draft. They'll have to use that on a quarterback. If he is, they're actually set up pretty well because they do have some young talent on the team and they're going to have a plethora of picks. They could have as many as three first round picks. Uh, at, they'll probably have at least one high second round pick, maybe two, depending on how that Colts pick uh, conveys, if it's a first or a second. Um, and even though they're, they lack talent, for example, on defense, if Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, they could use like their first four picks or three out of the first four on defense. So that's really what this year is about. Also, I mean, going hand in hand with that is seeing if Nick Sirianni is going to be the coach going forward. Uh, two weeks ago, the Eagles looked absolutely horrendous. Uh, Hertz did not look good. The, the team did not look prepared against Dallas last week against the Kansas city chiefs, you know, who have been in the Super Bowl the past two years, the Eagles looked a lot better, but even though the Eagles kept it close, I mean, it was within one score in the fourth quarter at one point, you never really had the feeling that the Eagles were going to win the game, you know, that you had the feeling that the chiefs were going to score however many points they were going to need to score. Uh, on the flip side, the Eagles offense was able to put together a few drives scored over 30 points, which was great. Although the Chiefs defense really has not been uh, that great this year. The Eagles did get a couple of bad calls. They had two touchdowns call back on what I would consider to be BS penalties. But as far as my picks, I said, take the Chiefs, give the points. They were giving, one second here. Chiefs were giving a touchdown. Yeah, so the Chiefs were giving a touchdown. They covered that. I said to take the Chiefs. And give the points. I'm an Eagles fan. I never bet against the, the Eagles, but that was my that was my pick for the game. I also said to take uh, the over for uh, Jalen Hurts on his rushing yards, which was uh, 52 and a half or 51 and a half yards. He came just shy of that. I think he had like 47 yards. I also like Dallas Goddard receiving. Kansas City's defense had not been good against tight ends up until last week. His prop was 31 and a half receiving yards. That hit. And I also liked uh, Patrick Mahomes over on rushing. Uh, it was 14 and a half. I think he had like 26 yards last week. So that hit as well. I also liked Devontae Smith uh, catches uh, and yards. 
Uh, and Rager with, with the catches, three and a half for both. Rager didn't hit. He didn't have a catch in the game, actually, which was bizarre because he had been peppered with targets for the first three weeks of the season. Devontae Smith had a big breakout game, though, so that hit as well. So the Eagles lost, so that wasn't great, but most of my picks on the game were actually correct. My second game, I basically got totally wrong. <laughs> I had the Arizona Cardinals going to Los Angeles to pay the Rams, play the Rams in their gazillion-dollar new stadium, which has a roof on it but there was a thunderstorm and the games got delayed by like a half an hour or something like that. I really liked the Rams a lot in this game. The Rams had played well all year. They were at home. The cards had been on the road, you know, three out of four weeks. That was going to be their, their third road game, second in a row. And I really liked the, the Rams in that game. And the cards really showed me something. I was surprised. Uh, the cards went into Los Angeles, played tough and won the game outright. I said to take the Rams, give the four. That was incorrect. I was expecting a shootout, and it really wasn't quite that. Just missed on both of my props. I liked uh, Matthew Stafford over 292 passing yards. I remember on the pod, you said you were a little bit cautious at that going over 290 for a prop. You were dead right. Uh, Stafford fell just, just shy, threw for 280 yards. I liked the 292 going in. He was averaging 314 at that point. On the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray had a really great game, but he missed his passing prop. 275 and a half yards on both FanDuel and DraftKings. He was just shy of that again, 268 yards. But, you know, it's funny. Kyler Murray is, as of right now, the most accurate passer in the NFL, which is very impressive. So card showed me a lot. I was incorrect on, on that game pretty much all the way around. I was more... My, more, more of my picks hit on the Kansas City Eagles game. Unfortunately, one of those was that the Chiefs were going to win, and that did happen. And the story for the week last week has got to be kickers, kickers, kickers. I'm wondering, are we going to see some more of that this week? Oh, you better believe we're going to see some kickers this week. Listen, I was all over the Rams, just like you were last week. I took the Rams, um, lost on that. And I, I didn't like the Stafford yardage, but I did like Stafford over completions took that and I hit on that. Um, and I, I also followed you on Jalen Hurts on rushing yards because he's been like a rushing machine as far as a quarterback. Just missed on that one. Um, the other one I took in that in the Eagles game was uh, Travis Kelsey over receptions since he had been the active leader in six or more receptions per game. For like 16 straight games, took that, did not hit. I think he ended up with four or five for the game. So unfortunately, I didn't hit on that. But the new week, it's week five. And so let's dive into week five. All right. So as I'm sure you could tell from the analysis of last week, uh, how I did with my, uh, my picks, that I am a New York Jet fan. So let's go. Barn burner, two of the Worst teams in the NFL, Jets, Falcons. Would you like some tea and crumpets? Because this game is in London. Yes. Drop alert, drop alert. It is in London. 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. Jets at the Atlanta Falcons, who are the home team. Cheerio, fish chips. Come and get one in the Yarble. If you have any Yarble. Uh, just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Bond. James Bond. Enough with the English accent. I know it's terrible. All right. Jets are getting two and a half points in this game. 
Jets looked actually pretty decent last week. Zach Wilson threw for 297 passing yards last week, two touchdowns, one interception, a far cry from how he had done in prior weeks, at least weeks two and three, and four, actually, for that matter. So he actually looked like a pretty decent quarterback last week, pointing out receivers down the field, throwing the ball long, nice long touchdown pass to Corey Davis. Jets looked good last week against, uh, against the Titans. The Jets had seven sacks against Ryan Tannehill last week, 14 quarterback pressures. Right now, the Jets have 13 total sacks this season, which is tied for fourth in the NFL. Zach Wilson, other side of the ball. He has 11 passes of 25 yards or more. Completions, that is. Tied for fourth in the entire NFL. This is the number two pick. The guy that got sacked nine times the week before. 11 passes of over 25 yards or more. Fourth in the NFL. Each team is one and three. So you want to call it a must win for these teams? I mean, I don't think either one of these teams is making the playoffs. But... uh, this is a game the Jets should win. This is a game the Jets need to win because when you look at the, their schedule coming up, they have the uh, bye week next week. Then they have the Patriots who are not playing very well. Uh, and then they have some other teams that they should beat uh, after they get through the, the Patriots game. Falcons lost last week, 34 30 to Washington. Washington just does not look like a great team. They should have lost to the Giants. They are, they're not, they're not a great team. Atlanta barely beat the Giants, who is, who are not a great team either. Uh, Jets with a thrilling 27-24 overtime win against Tennessee. I like the Jets in this game. I like the Jets in this game, not only getting the two and a half points, but I like the Jet money line. I like the Jets to win this game outright, playing at my my Premier League team, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where the Hotspurs play, Jets, Falcons, Jets to plant the flag at the center of the pitch. Jets win against the Falcons. Take the money line, plus 120 on DraftKings. All right, props. What do we got, props? Given the game that Zach Wilson had last week, I like the over on passing yards for Zach Wilson. Over 244 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm taking Zach Wilson to have a big game against Atlanta. Falcons do not have their nickelback, Isaiah Oliver. He is out. Starting safety, Eric Harris, out. Defensive lineman, Marlon Davidson, out. I like the over passing yards for Zach Wilson. On the other side of the ball, I like Matt Ryan. Not passing yards, not touchdowns. It is a minuscule, minuscule rushing total for Matt Ryan. I know he's a statue back there. But can you please get me two yards rushing? The rushing prop for Matt Ryan is over one and a half rushing yards. Minus 120 on DraftKings. Just scramble one time for me. Get me two yards. I like Matt Ryan over one and a half rushing yards. Who else do I like? No Calvin Ridley this week. He is out, did not make the trip over the Atlantic to London. Neither did Russell Gage. Both wide receivers are out for the Atlanta Falcons. So who do I like? I like Cordell Patterson 
over 41 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And of course, I will leave you with this on the Jet Falcon game. Amendola, Matt Amendola, not Danny Amendola, Matt Amendola, the kicker for the New York Jets, over five and a half points total, minus 115 on DraftKings, over one and a half field goals. Look at the odds on this one, plus 130 on DraftKings. I don't see the Jets lighting it up with touchdowns left and right. Give me at least two field goals from Amendola, plus 130 on DraftKings. That's my analysis on the Jet Falcon game. Jet money line. Uh, Zach Wilson over 244 and a half passing yards. Matt Ryan, give me one scramble over one and a half rushing yards. Patterson over 41 and a half receiving yards. And Amendola points and field goals over. John, thoughts, Jets, Falcons, go. Barn burner. Barn burner right here. I see, an, I see another Jets win too. I really do. I was cheering right along with you last week uh, against the Titans. Jets, I thought, showed a lot of heart. Uh, I think Rob Salah is having a, a, a really good effect on, on this team, you know, helping them believe that they can win. Zach Wilson, I saw, thought, showed a little bit of moxie and probably for the first time in his rookie season showed that he's got a little bit of that gunslinger mentality. I mean, I, I look at one play, the deep touchdown to Corey Davis when he gets flushed out of the pocket to the right, tells you know directs davis to, to to go deep and then just launches it you saw that the kid really does have a, a big arm so i mean i think that is a portends of good things to come uh for the jets there's reason to be optimistic especially since um when they're playing against a falcons team to me which you know they you know they beat you know they were able to beat the giants a couple of weeks ago but i just think you know it, the team is just in the end, I think is just rudderless. I don't, I don't know where this team is going. I don't think the Arthur Smith hire was, it was, was a great move. I think Matt Ryan is coming to the end as, as far as his quarterbacking career. Uh, Calvin Ridley, as you said, is out for this game for personal reasons. Um, and I just, I, I don't know if I see Arthur Smith even making it um, to next year, as far as being the head coach goes, um, as far as props go, I really, I would love to, take a Kyle Pitts prop. I would love to. I drafted him like in half of my leagues in fantasy. I fell in love with the highlights from Florida and he's just done almost nothing so far. He's had one halfway decent game that was in week two and his props are still too high. Like I'm looking on FanDuel and catches. It's like five and a half catches for Kyle Pitts. As far as yardage goes, Kyle Pitts is over 61 and a half yards receiving. I mean, with no, with no Calvin Ridley, Ridley's believe it or not I would love to believe that this is the Kyle Pitts blow-up game the problem is it's week five I'm still waiting for the Kyle Pitts blow-up game and we're waiting for something that we've never seen you know and those numbers are just too high for me for me to go if anything I would take the under on the on on the yardage so I'm leaving Kyle Pitts alone I think the one prop that I would go with would be Corey Davis catches it's actually up to four and a half this week I hit it last week at three and a half uh, but I do think that he is Zach Wilson's number one target he's he's hit this number twice so far this year. Uh, he only had four catches last year, but I think he's blossoming into Zach Wilson's number one receiver. And, you know, the, the Falcons secondary does not scare me at all. Um, I, I watched Devontae Smith torch them in his uh, first game as a pro. So give me Corey Davis over four and a half catches. And that is a plus number as well. It is plus 112. So that's what I like on the Jets game. And there's no question I'm following on the, the Matt Amendola 
not just a 50 burger. I think that's going to be a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Love it. Yeah. See that pass from Zach Wilson to Corey Davis. He threw the ball from the jet side of the field from the 40 yard line, 60 yards on a dime into the end zone. The kid has an arm and pointing out and telling him to go deep. Like he's playing in the sandbox. I mean, that was, that was an insane throw. I think he's, he's starting to really feel comfortable out there. Uh, you know, playing against a, a good Titans team. I know they, they were, they were decimated by injuries, but still he really stepped up, showed a lot of moxie played well. I expect him to play well again this week against the Falcons, who I think are not a very good team. Yeah, fish and chips for uh, Zach Wilson this week. Cheerio. Cheerio, Zach. Cheerio. Welly, 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 well. All right, John. Philadelphia. Eagles. Talk to me. What do we got this week? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! E-A-G-L-E-S. The Eagles go back on the road this week, my friend. They're going to Sweet Caroline, Carolina to play the Panthers, a one o'clock start. This game opened up. I wish I got it when it first opened up. It opened up at four and a half. The Eagles getting four and a half points on the road at Carolina. It's now down to three now everywhere that I can see. I wish I got that little extra hook, three and a half. That's what it was uh, just yesterday, uh, Friday. So the the Eagles are going on the road. The the Panthers have had a really great year so far. (laughs) Sam Darnold leads the league in rushing touchdowns somehow. We're living in, in some bizarro timeline here um their defense has been really really great they rank third in scoring and third in total defense overall the panthers finally lost last week against the dallas cowboys meanwhile i already talked about the the eagles game against the the chiefs in a game that they were you know never really in danger of winning but uh really did have a much better showing than they did the previous week against those same dallas cowboys Big storylines for the Carolina Panthers this week. Um, Christian McCaffrey's been out for a couple of weeks after uh, hurting his hamstring on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Chuba Hubbard stepped in uh, in his shoes last week uh, against the Cowboys. And, you know, he, you know, the rookie was just sort of okay. Obviously, you know, Christian McCaffrey's one of the best players in the National Football League. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's done a good job taking those vitamins. Um, and, uh, you know, there was some talk this week that he might actually play. He actually tried to practice earlier in the week. He was in pads. Um, but currently Adam Schefter's reporting that he's listed as doubtful and that he's unlikely to play on Sunday. You know, that, I think that does hurt the Panthers offense for sure, because they just don't have somebody that can step into his shoes. You know, last year when McCaffrey got hurt, Mike Davis stepped in and played pretty well. Um, I don't think they have somebody who's quite on that level, neither Royce Freeman nor Chuba Hubbard are going to be able to fill those shoes. But, you know, perhaps, you know, they have some other firepower on offense with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who's been quiet so far this year. But I think the bigger injury now is going to be the, on the other side of the ball. I mentioned a second ago how good the Panthers defense has been this year, and it really has been, but they've lost perhaps their best defensive player in Shaq Thompson um, for at least a couple of weeks now. Um, He's hurt and is out for this game. And I think that's a big deal for for the Panthers. I think that's going to hurt their defense. Also, the Panthers also made a splash this week by acquiring uh, Stephen Gilmore from the from the from the New England Patriots. But he's not going to be eligible to play for a couple of weeks. So that's not going to help them at all. So no Stephen Gilmore, no Christian McCaffrey, no Shaq Thompson. Let's take a look at a couple of trends here. The Panthers have actually lost six straight 
when facing an NFC opponent as the favorite and the road team has covered in 12 of the last 16 games for the Carolina Panthers. Those stats are both courtesy of VegasInsider.com. I'm playing a hunch here. I'm playing a hunch. I'm taking the Eagles and the points on the road. Uh, some more trends here. The Panthers are one in five against the spread in their last six as favorites. I'm thinking that trend's going to continue here. I'm taking the three points and the Eagles. I wish I could have gotten at three and a half or really that, that four or four and a half number would be great. If you check around to, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, BetMGM, WinBet, if you get one of those and you can get something over three, I would definitely, I'd definitely take it. I just have a hunch this week that the Eagles come away with the win here. Uh, they definitely showed some improvement last week from the debacle against the Cowboys. I'm hoping to see some additional improvement here. You know, the Eagles have been yet again for the third year in a row beset by additional injuries. That's the bad news. The good news is, at least along the offensive line where they've lost a lot of players, the backups have come in and played pretty admirably. Case in point, uh, Jalen Hurts has faced the fifth, fifth most blitzes in the NFL, but he's only been pressured on about 25% of his dropback. Andre Dillard, the former first round pick, came in and played pretty well. You know, Jordan Mailata had to switch positions and played pretty well. Landon Dickerson, their second round pick, came in and played pretty well for a rookie. So I think the Eagles can come in on the road against the Panthers and steal one. You know, I mentioned Shaq Thompson being a big loss for the Carolina Panthers. You know, he had played 100% of the defensive snaps for Carolina in their first three weeks before he got hurt in week four. I think the loss of Shaq Thompson is going to hurt the Panthers a lot. I think the Eagles are going to be able to score a little bit. And that leads me right into a couple of my props here. See a prop, take a prop. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been a rushing machine so far this year. He's averaging 56 and a half yards per game with a low of 35 rushing yards against Dallas. I almost kind of tossed that one out because Dallas was destroying them per, for pretty much the whole game. And Hurts had to keep throwing the ball and wasn't doing a very good job of it. Um, so I like Jalen Hurts rushing again this week. It's been over 50. His rushing props been over 50 the last few weeks after he came out of the, the gate against Atlanta. His rushing prop as of today on DraftKings is down to 44 and a half yards, minus 115. Give me that all day. That's going to be a 50 burger. That's going to be delicious. <clears throat> this is a tasty burger. I liked Dallas Goddard last week as well. His receiving prop was 31 and a half yards hit that against Kansas City. Again, Kansas City had been horrible against uh, tight ends. Carolina, not so much. Their defense has been a lot better overall and much better than Kansas City against tight ends in particular. But again, they're missing one of their linebackers here, uh, Shaq Thompson. He got hurt last week against Dallas. And what did Dallas tight ends do? They did very well. Dalton Schultz had six catches for 58 yards last week. Dallas Goddard, who I think is a budding star at the tight end position, uh, he caught a touchdown last week uh, and was well over, well over 31 yards last week and could have had another touchdown that was called back by penalty. His prop this week, 35 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. He's averaging 47 receiving yards a game on the year. Give me Dallas Goddard and his receiving prop. Uh, and that is what I've got this week. I'm playing a hunch. I'm taking the Eagles. Give me the points on the road to steal one against Carolina, missing Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey. Give me the Hurts rushing and give me the Dallas Goddard receiving.
Yeah, I mean, this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from, but I, I do like your analysis on, on as far as the Eagles are concerned in this game. And if I had to lean one direction, um, given that there's no Christian McCaffrey, I'd probably lean Eagles. I would have, like you, like you said, I would have loved to take this game at four and a half points. I can see this being, I can see the Eagles winning outright, but I could also see this game being like 27-24, uh, 30 to 27 24-21 kind of game. So in that push range, so it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from as far as taking the game itself. But props, leading the league in rushing yards for quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, where did he play last year? Well, let's see. He played for the New York Jets. And how did he do last year? And the year before, he did terrible. But this year, he is playing, literally, he's playing lights out. Uh so the one prop I like in this, actually, there's three props I like in this game. One I'm going to follow you on, sort of. The three props I like, Sam Darnold over 17 and a half rushing yards. 17 and a half rushing yards for Sam Darnold. I see a couple of those, you know, run pass options, middle opens up, Sam Darnold scrambles up the middle for 20 yards, boom, prop gets hit. 17 and a half rushing yards. I like Sam Darnold on that. S- seems to be... Jalen Hurts number one target now, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, over 59 and a half receiving yards. He went, I think he went over a buck 20 last week. And so I like the over for Devontae Smith, over 59 and a half receiving yards. And last but not least, Dallas Goddard, I'm not going to take the yards. I'm going to take the receptions, over three and a half receptions. Great odds on DraftKings, plus 130 on DraftKings for Dallas Goddard, over three and a half receptions. Those are the three props I like in this game. Again, I'm probably going to stay away from the line in this game. Any last thoughts, John, on on Eagles, uh, Carolina? I do. Um, I I go a little bit different on the the Sam Darnold rushing thing. I mean, (laughs) people are going a little bit crazy. He scored, what, what, the five rushing touchdowns or whatever it is. Had a big game with 35 rushing yards last week. I think this is largely smoke and mirrors. I mean, this is not the second coming of Michael Vick here down in Carolina with Sam Darnold. I look at what he's done for the previous to last week. He hasn't really even been close to 17 and a half rushing yards. Um, So I don't, I looked at his rushing yard prop at 17 and a half. I don't like it. I'm staying away from that. I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't take the one that I really like. And that's Jake Elliott. Oh, one and a half field goals at plus 105. Frankly, I could probably take both Jake Elliott and Zane Gonzalez, both sides of this one. Their props, the kicking props are over one and a half field goals for both sides at plus 105. So I like both of those as well. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, and I'm also going to take Elliott over six and a half points as well, which is minus 110 on DraftKings. So I'm going to stick with Elliott. I mean, I won both of his his kicking props last week. So I'm going to go back on the, the kicking prop uh, wagon with Jake Elliott, both field goals over one and a half and points over six and a half. All right. This is just turning into like a kicking podcast. Now we're just going to just talk kickers every week. That's it. Listen, I think it's like taking candy from a baby when you're giving me uh, you know, one and a half field goals per game. I mean, it just, you know, defenses are defense, you know, they play, they play well. You're not going to score a touchdown on every single drive. And these kickers, their legs are just phenomenal kicking 50 yard field goals. Like it's like, it's nothing. So you get down there inside, you know, almost inside the 40 and they're letting these kickers, you know, 
go for it on field goals. So over one and a half field goals, I'm taking that every day of the week. So I like the Elliott over one and a half and Elliott over six and a half points. All right. Game two. Yes. I have now become the king of bad games to pick, but this is the game that stood out for me. And it stood out for me for two reasons. Patriots at the Texans. Okay. Why did it stand out for me? Well, the Texans are just a really, really bad team. Really bad team. They have one win, and it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who might just be as bad as the Texans. But the Texans showed why they are the worst team in the league last week. They got blown out by Buffalo 40-0. And the Patriots, you know, they hung in there in that return game of Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium, barely losing to the Buccaneers only by two points, having missed a field goal, a 56-yard field goal in the last minute of the game. So the line right now, Patriots at Texans giving seven and a half points. I don't like the hook. You know, I wish it was six and a half or seven, but I think given the fact that the Texans are this bad, there's no way the Patriots go one and four. It's just not going to happen. And I think uh, the Patriots are going to have a bounce back game. They're going to play well. I get it that we have two rookie quarterbacks playing against each other, but this Davis Mills is just terrible. I mean, he is just really, really bad. Uh, four interceptions last week against Buffalo. Mac Jones, he threw two picks. Uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's thrown four interceptions in the last two games after throwing zero in the first two games. But he's head and shoulders above Davis Mills. And that Houston like offensive line and just offense in, in particular is just terrible. Um, Houston had 160 yards rushing in their first game against Jacksonville. Three games after that, a total of 172 rushing yards, which is just brutal. Just brutal. Belichick has always played well against rookie quarterbacks. And this week is not going to be the exception. He's 22 and six against rookie quarterbacks, make it 23 and six, make it a blowout against the Texans, lay the seven and a half points. Uh, as, you, as you alluded to before, the, uh, the Patriots traded Stefan Gilmore to Carolina. He's not gonna play for Carolina, but no Stefan Gilmore, no problem. J.C. Jackson for the Patriots, leading the team with two interceptions. He'll be starting. And I also see this week the tight end duo, new free agent signings of uh, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Both had touchdowns last week. They're going to break out again this week. It's going to be a tight end fiesta in Houston. Uh, I love the Patriots this week. Lay in the seven and a half. Take the Pats. Uh, two props I like in this game. Just like last week when Hunter Henry had a touchdown, I like Hunter Henry over 29 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And kicker, 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 kicker. I like the Houston kicker. Fairbarn, over one and a half field goals, plus 155 on DraftKings. Houston is going to muster some points this week. They're not going to get shut out two weeks in a row. I like the Patriots to give up six points, two field goals to the Houston kicker, over one and a half field goals, plus 155 on DraftKings. Patriots lay the seven and a half, take Hunter Henry receiving yards over, 29 and a half receiving yards, and take the Houston kicker 
over one and a half field goals. John, I'm sure you have looked in depth into this phenomenal game of the Patriots and the Houston Texans. Talk to me. Listen, you know, it's becoming clear that there's just, there's certain things, you know, that they say they're like our certainties. There's few things that are certainties in life, I should say. You know, they say death, taxes, and then JT picking a barn burner of a game for his second game. Like, listen, if it involves the Jaguars, you know, the Texans, you know what I mean? Like, that's the game JT's going to pick. The Giants, the Giants, yeah, that's 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 where that's where the what the fans want to hear about. They don't want to hear about Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, Schmahomes. They want to hear about Davis Mills, right? They need to know Andrew Wingard. You know, that's what we want to hear about. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of your thoughts there. Following again on the kicker props, I love kicker props in um in games involving crappy teams, because I'm assuming those teams can't punch it in in the red zone. Hashtag analysis. Uh, the one prop that I like that you didn't go into, my man Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been basically the entire Houston Texans offense. Uh, he's getting peppered with targets. His receiving prop on uh, for yardage on DraftKings is 64 and a half receiving yards minus 115. Yep, I do have respect for the uh, for the young Patriots secondary, you know, and J.C. Jackson giving them, you know, enough comfort to go ahead and trade Gilmore. But I just think Brandon Cooks is going to get peppered with targets again. He's averaging 92 uh, and a quarter yards a game so far in, in this season. He would have hit this prop of 64 and a half receiving yards in three out of four weeks. So give it to me again. Brandon Cooks over 64 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. That's the that's the one additional prop I'd take on this game. Any lost last thoughts on that? Uh, no, on that no, I think, I think you got to cover it. You know, there was no kicker props for uh, for the Patriots in this game, so I had to go with the Houston kicker. But like I said, there's no way they're going to get get shut out two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it might be Nick Folk, the kicker for the Patriots, has been nursing some kind of injury. He's had a questionable designation, but he had that going into last week and he played. So I, I'm not sure what the deal is this week, but I'm guessing that has something to do with it. Yeah, and he also missed that 56-yard field goal, which would have uh, won the game for the Patriots against uh, Tom Brady and his Buccaneers. But yep. All right, well, we'll see. Game two, John, what do you got? Yeah, so game two is I'm following your lead. You know what I mean? So, um, you know. Uh, Texans Patriots, you know, basically the same thing on the other side, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is probably the marquee game of the week Two, you know, just fantastically talented, well-coached teams with superstar quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. You know, the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl the last two years, won it two years ago. These are the two teams that played for the AFC championship uh, at the end of last year. Uh, and, you know, the, the Bills are riding high. They've got a three-game winning streak after being shocked at home against Pittsburgh in week one. They've dominated ever since. They've absolutely crushed the competition. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have sputtered a little bit, getting off to a one-and-two start after, you know, going into Philly and letting it get a, get a little too close, but the game was never really, really in doubt. Scored 42 points against the Eagles last week. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Tyreek Hill. You know, uh, the Chiefs, it, it, there, no one would be surprised. Absolutely no one would be surprised if the, uh, the Chiefs and the Bills met again for the AFC Championship this week. So this is a, a really, really, really great game for, for any football fan. Right now, the Bills are getting two and a half. 
Um, and, you know, immediately when you look at that, you know, the Bills getting points in any situation is something that, you, you, that you'd want to jump on right now. But I don't think I'm going to go that way. Last time these two teams played, the Chiefs beat the Bills 38-21 in that aforementioned AFC championship game. Even though the Bills are riding high on a three-game winning streak, you know, take a look at who they played, and that's basically nobody. Like I said, they somehow figured out a way to lose to the, the Steelers at home in week one and then went on to dominate the likes of the Miami Dolphins, the Washington football team, and your Houston Texans, who they beat 40 to nothing last week. Um, so not impressive competition at all, but you know, you can only play who you have in your schedule. Josh Allen has been fantastic the last three weeks, but it's going to be a completely different scenario playing in Kansas city with that raucous crowd against Patrick Mahomes and company. Um, bills have a couple of injuries here that, you know, make it a little bit more interesting. I think their star uh, safety, Jordan Poyer is supposed to be back in the lineup this week, but he's been nursing an injury and Matt Milano, uh, their stalwart linebacker has been nursing a hamstring injury. He's questionable. Not sure if he's going to play um, uh, in, in this game at all. Again, like I said, the Bills defense has been fantastic, um, uh, but they're playing against Patrick Mahomes and company. You know, the Chiefs and Bills are just the offensively, they're second and third in points per game. So no one would be... Uh, be surprised if if this is another shootout here and the Chiefs defense like I said before has not been great all year it just hasn't um, and it's probably not going to be great in this game either but there is some cause for positivity on that side of the ball you know the Chiefs got back the honey badger Tyron Matthew a couple of weeks ago he's already started to make plays as he comes back from injury and it looks like they're going to get defensive end Frank Clark back from injury this week as well so I'm thinking that the Chiefs um, two weeks ago lost to the, the Chargers in just a bizarre game. I think they turned the ball over there like three times in a row or three out of four possessions in, in, in Los Angeles territory. Came back against the Eagles last week. I felt like that was their get right game. I think they're going to be right for this week as well. I think the Chiefs win the game at home. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating that the Chiefs win and cover the two and a half. So I think you take the Chiefs, you give the two and a half, uh, the Bills, after beating up on some crappy competition, face a real opponent in the Chiefs uh, and probably come close, uh, but probably lose, I think, in maybe a field goal game, maybe lose by four points, you know, something like that. So I'm taking the Chiefs at home to cover the two and a half. Uh, I love that tiny little point spread uh, at home. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, I was looking at what props to take. You know, like I said, the Bills, their defense has been number four against the rush and number one against the pass, just absolutely fantastic. Um, with that kind of pressure on the, the Kansas City offense, I could see Mahomes taking off a couple of times, as he tends to do. I love taking quarterback rushing yards. He's averaging 23 rushing yards a game, had 26 last week against the Eagles. His prop is only 17 and a half. So give me a 50 burger on Mahomes uh, rushing yards. Last year, he played the Bills twice. Uh, in the last game, he had five yards rushing and the other 36 yards. So that sort of, you know, cancels each other out. So yeah, give me the Mahomes over on 17 and a half rushing yards. The next one I like. Travis Kelsey and this one's kind of interesting his receiving yard prop is astronomical you know 88 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings but remember the rule of Kelsey last year on this podcast was you take Kelsey catches and you take Kelsey receiving yards no matter what happens he had his very rare clunker of a game against the the Eagles last week he had one catch 
and did nothing else besides that, nothing whatsoever. Part of it was because they didn't have to. I just have a feeling that after, you know, not putting up, you know, a huge stat line last week that he's going to come out um, and just have a big game at home against the Bills. I expect Patrick Mahomes to be feeding him and feeding him and feeding him this week. Eight, like I said, 88 and a half yards is a huge prop for receiving for any tight end. Even for Kelsey, it's, it's, it's up there, even though he did get into the 90s last year. But even for Kelsey, Kelsey's hit 88 and a half yards in eight out of his last games, including 118 receiving yards the last time he played the Bills at the end of last year. So I'm taking him. I'm taking Kelsey's receiving yards over 88 and a half this week. A couple other ones. I do not understand this at all. The Kansas City defense is 31st in the league against the run as far as giving up rushing yards goes. Now, I don't know if you know this, JT. There's only 32 teams in the league. They are second to last in uh, rushing defense. And I'm looking at the props for Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. In his last two weeks, Zach Moss had, had 60 and 61 yards rushing, respectively. His rushing prop? 37 and a half. Devin Singletary is averaging, averaging 64.75 rushing yards per game, including 79 yards rushing last week. Devin Singletary's rushing prop, 27 and a half rushing yards. I don't get this. And it's not a situation where, okay, the Bills have two backs. So maybe one feasts while the other one is out. No, even last week, Moss and Singletary both played. Moss had 61 rushing yards. Singletary had 79. Now, I, I know they were playing Houston, who's terrible, but I, I don't get this rushing prop. I'm taking both of these. I'm, give me the over on Zach Moss, 37 and a half rushing yards. Give me the over on Devin Singletary, 27 and a half rushing yards. I think they're both going to hit against, his, against the Kansas City team that has not been able to stop the rush. Um, last thing, I think this is another area where you take, at least take a look at the kicker props. Um, for both kickers in this game, uh, it's over one and a half field goals. Um, I like even better the points, seven and a half points for both kickers. So that's what I got. Give me the chiefs at home. Love that. Only given two and a half points. Uh, give me Mahomes over on 17 and a half rushing yards. Kelsey playing a hunch that he has a bounce back game over 88 and a half yards receiving. Give me both bills running backs over on their rushing props. And then I think I like both kickers. Give me the points instead of the field goal. You know, this is a game where I think it can go either way. Uh, Buffalo is playing really, really well after their first uh, first game of the season. So I think this could go either way. I'm not totally sold on, on whether the Chiefs are a good team yet. Uh, I know they beat the Eagles last week. And I know they're home this week. And the line's only two and a half. But uh, this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from only because I think it could go either way. But as far as props are concerned, I do like... Uh, your analysis on the running backs for, for Buffalo, but I'm going to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to take Singletary rushing and receiving total. It's only 41 and a half uh, rushing and receiving total yards minus 120 on DraftKings. I'm going to take Singletary rushing and receiving. Kelsey, not going to go yards, but I'm going to go. He's going to have a bounce back game this week at home in Arrowhead. Over seven and a half receptions. Mahomes is going to target him all day long. So I like Kelsey over seven and a half receptions to have a bounce back week after last week's kind of no show against the Eagles. And 
I love the quarterback passing yards in this game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. It could go either way. Allen over 306.5 passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I like Josh Allen in this game, over 306.5 passing yards. And lastly, Harrison Bucker, the kicker for the Chiefs, over 1.5 field goals, minus 125. Odds aren't great but I still like him to kick at least two field goals in this game against Buffalo taking Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals. That's what I got on this game. Any last words, John? I like big butkers and I cannot lie. You don't yeah. think about if uh, you like him for the, the, um, if he's going to hit two field goals, that's six points right there. Just needs two more extra points to hit the points. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to go with the points as well. It's going to be a game time decision for me. Um, the field goals always sticks out for me, especially when it's only one and a half. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably go with the points as well on, uh, on Harrison Butker. Yeah. And I like big Butkers and I cannot lie too. So let's go with the Kansas city kicker in this game. All right. You know what time it is now? It is time. Well, it's almost time. It's almost time for track of the week, but before we get there, I'm talking about some nuggets. I got some college football nuggets for you all out there. Now, last week, I'm going to apologize to our audience. I had four picks, three of which did not hit. Notre Dame decided not to show up against Cincinnati. And I and Cincinnati's top 10 team, yep, they are. But Notre Dame was home, and they were getting points, and they just fell flat on their face. Goodbye, Notre Dame. You're not making the playoffs this year. See ya. And as I said, there are two things I love in college football, a Rutgers win and a Notre Dame loss. I got the Notre Dame loss, but unfortunately I lost money on it too. But oh well. Texas A&M, same thing. Home. Home. They were home. They were supposed to be one of the contenders to make the playoffs this year. And they lost at home, did not cover that line either. Texas I covered with. So all good on that. Now, I got four picks this week. One, you better get in soon because it's a noon game. Maryland fell flat on their face last week against Iowa at home. They got destroyed. Ohio State is home against Maryland this week, laying 21 points. I'm taking Ohio State all day of the week. Lay the 21, take Ohio State. Georgia. Last week, one of my picks was Georgia-Arkansas. Arkansas was a top 10 team going into Georgia. They were getting 18 and a half points and they fell flat on their face and just didn't even show up. Georgia is for real. I think Georgia might be better than Alabama. Honestly, I think Georgia is probably better than Alabama. Georgia is going into Auburn. Auburn's now ranked in the top 25. They're ranked 22nd in the nation. Auburn is getting 14 and a half points. I'm going the other way. I'm taking Georgia to blow out Auburn on the road, lay the 14 and a half with Georgia. Going back to the Big Ten, Michigan going into Nebraska. I do not believe in the Cornhuskers. They are not a good team. Michigan, I think, is for real this year. They might actually beat Ohio State in the last game of the year this year. They're playing well. I know our Scarlet Knights held tough against them on the road in the big house. Almost got that game tied up. Couldn't pull it out. But Michigan showed up last week. Blew the doors off of, I don't remember exactly who they played, but they, they won big last week. 
I like Michigan laying two and a half, only laying two and a half points this week in Nebraska. So take, take the, uh, take Michigan, the Wolverines lay the two and a half. And lastly, alma mater of my jet starting quarterback, Zach Wilson's alma mater, take Brigham Young, take BYU laying six against Boise state. That's a game later on today. Take BYU and lay the six points. Those are my four college football nuggets. Get your bets in. Take those games. I am the savant, excluding last week. And we'll see how that goes. All right. Track of the week. John, lead us off. Well, well, first of all, I'm going to follow on those college picks again. I'm expecting a big bounce back week. Don't know if I'd mention this. One more non-NFL betting Uh, A tidbit that I had was I only placed two major league baseball bets this year and they were both back in February before the season began. It was for the Phillies to be over 500 for the year and for Bryce Harper to win the MVP and the Phillies on pretty much within the last three games of the year over 500 for the year. I put a, a, a C note on that. So that was a nice win and Bryce Harper has a shot at MVP. So I could cash on both of those. So already won a couple hundred bucks on the Phillies being over 500. Um, and I'm sorry, when I started talking, I didn't realize I was bringing up baseball. We're not going to talk about anything else about baseball. Yeah. And yeah, no more baseball talk after my, my New York Yankees got just, you know, eliminated by the Red Sox riding home with their tail between their legs, just giving up at the end of the season and losing to the Rays two out of three when they had home field advantage locked up for the wild card game, gave it away, went up to Fenway and got destroyed six to two. So enough baseball. It's yeah. over. It's week five. It's the NFL. It's college football. No more baseball. Turning the page. When I go, when I pick my track of the week, a, a lot of times it's just a, a song that's sort of been in my head, you know, driving to and from work, something that, you know, I've been listening to. And last night driving home from the office, it was another Porter Robinson song. And I think an underrated Porter Robinson song, possibly because it sort of just came out within the last year and a half, a song called Get Your Wish. A little bit different uh, tempo than you hear from, from uh, Porter a lot, but some beautiful lyrics. It's a beautiful song. Uh, It's just been in my head, especially for the last couple of days. Still relatively new, released within the last year and a half, but an absolutely fantastic song from a genius of an artist in Porter Robinson. That's my track of the week. Porter Robinson, Get Your Wish. Porter too, um, but I am sticking with my my trance uh, vibe. Two heavyweights, Giuseppe Adibiani and John O'Callaghan teaming up for a just a great, beautiful trance track called Our Dimension. Uh, that's my track of the week, Our Dimension. Giuseppe Adibiani, John O'Callaghan, just crushing it.
Guys, we just wrapped up week five of the NFL. And hopefully everybody out there makes some good picks, listen to our advice. We'll come to you with next week on week six, hopefully with some really good results from uh, our picks this week. So may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We are out, Wagers Ragers. See you next week for week six. Good luck, everybody. Later.